tonight I'd like to tell you about one of the big questions in science. What are we made of? What are the fundamental building blocks of nature that you and me and everything else in the universe are constructed? So we have three particles of which everything we know is made. And it's, it's worth stressing, it, that's kind of astonishing. You know, it's, uh, we sort of take it for granted. We learn this in school, we don't really think about it deeply. Everything we see in the world, all the diversity in the natural world, you, me, everything around us, just the same three particles with slightly different rearrangements repeated over and over and over again. It's a very nice picture. It's a very comforting picture. It's the picture we teach kids at school. It's the uh, picture we even teach our students in undergraduate university. And there's a problem with it. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. So there is spread everywhere throughout this room something that we call the electron field. Okay? It's like a fluid that fills this room and in fact fills the entire universe. And the ripples of this electron fluid, the ripples of uh, the waves of this fluid, get tied into little bundles of energy by the rules of quantum mechanics. And those bundles of energy are what we call the particle, the electron. All the electrons that are in your body are not fundamental. All the electrons that exist in your body are waves of the same underlying field. Okay? We're all connected to each other. It's like, you know, the waves uh, on the ocean all belong to the, the same underlying ocean. Uh, the electrons in your body are the ripples of the same field as the electrons in the same field as the, the same field as the electrons in your body. This is Infants on Thrones. Baby steps. Who wants someone to preach to? The philosophies of men. I like magical toys. Who wants religion to? Mingled with humor. I don't believe in them. There will be many willing to preach to you the philosophies of men mingled with humor. We are evolving. Baby steps. You can buy anything this world of money. Look for the good in everything. Look for the people who will set your soul free. It always seems impossible until it's done. Look for the good in everyone. All right. Welcome back to Infants on Thrones. This is COVID-infused Glenn Osland. And this is episode 752, A Mindful of Mindfulness. Yeah. And what you're getting today is a glimpse into the late night workings of my active mind. Or maybe more accurately, what your active mind is filtering from what you're hearing from my active mind. So, okay, let me do that again. What you're getting today is a glimpse into your own active mind. As if that isn't what you're constantly glimpsing all of the time anyway, wherever you go and whatever you do. So, look, this podcast, Infants on Thrones, started nine years ago in August of 2012. And at the end of today's episode, I'm going to share as an Easter egg the very first thing that we Infants on Thrones ever published. The podcast clearly has changed. It just passed 7 million total downloads, by the way. Yeah, 7 million. Ooh. 
Now I also have changed. And you also have changed since 2012. What are we all changing into? And how many of you are still interested in this ever-changing ride that we're all on? Now, I have a new mindfulness survey that I'd like you to go to the website and fill out. It's just a few questions that won't take much of your time. But I want to know who you are. I want to know what you think. And maybe we can even have a conversation together if that's something that you'd like to do. And yes, these, this COVID virus and I have become one. It has updated my microbiome, updated my inner natural intelligence, my immune system, my central nervous system. It has changed me. It, it muted my sense of taste and smell, which is gradually coming back. And I'm incredibly grateful that my symptoms were as mild as they were. And my heart goes out to everyone who's experienced this, either directly or indirectly. And whether directly or indirectly, we've all experienced something from this small little virus. But my heart goes out especially to those who had much tougher time with this than I did, whose symptoms were more harsh, especially those who lost family members and loved ones from it. This is no joke, and I encourage every single one of you to do whatever you need to do to stay as healthy as you possibly can. And there are many, many ways to do that. And I hope that in one way, we all start at least by dropping judgment and outrage towards other people so that we can decrease the negative impact of all of that cortisol that we release into our central nervous systems when we judge and express outrage. Now, I kind of hesitate to say this, but I feel like it needs to be said. I get a lot of Facebook friend requests from listeners, and one of them recently... I'm sorry to say this, just really disgusted me with something that he posted on his wall. So first and foremost, thank you, kind sir, for giving me an opportunity to drop some judgment of my own against you, because you're obviously a very intelligent guy and very annoyed and fed up with certain belief systems and certain groups of people. But in this post, this guy compared mosquitoes who spread disease to unvaccinated humans who spread the coronavirus. And he said that mosquitoes are innocent because they don't know any better. But these certain kinds of humans are not innocent. They're guilty because they should know better. And if they don't, well, then they are essentially worthless or at least worth less than mosquitoes. Now, this post really impacted me. It was a mirror for me. It made me ask myself, do I want to create and nurture and spread that kind of intolerant, dehumanizing judgment towards other people? The kind of thing that makes me feel like I'm special, chosen, better than, and that other people, Gentiles perhaps, non-members perhaps, are less than, not worthy, worthless. Do I want to create and nurture and spread that kind of intolerant, dehumanizing judgment towards other people? No. No, I, I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that way. I don't want to do that because of religious beliefs or scientific beliefs or any other kind of belief that functions to make me dehumanize another human being. No, I don't want to do that. So, 
you know, I, I think I'm going to reach out to this Facebook friend and make a connection with him because, I, you know, I think he's really an amazing guy who's lived a fascinating life. And come to think of it, I would be really interested to know what he thinks of the stream of consciousness ideas from my active mind that I will be sharing with you here in today's episode. And I'm interested to know what you think about it as well and what your ideas are. So please go to the website, find the new mindfulness survey under this episode. And uh, now, hang on. Hang on, on your glasses, because this here's All right. It's one of those active mind nights. That's funny. As if every night is not an active mind night, or if every moment is not an active mind moment. But I was thinking about the word mindfulness. I can think of a time and not the too distant past when I would have listened to something that I'm about to say right now and just rolled my eyes at it really hard and just mocked it mercilessly. But it just felt like this really profound shift and instead of thinking about mindfulness as like I need to be more mindful, I need to be more aware, I need to be more sensitive to things around me that are outside of me, to be more aware of what's separate from me. That it's mindfulness. (laughs) That the mind is always full. The mind is always full of what? The mind is always full of what's coming in through the physical senses and the thoughts and the feelings, but it doesn't have anything else. It's full of all that. And all of that is the mind. So everything that I perceive, I perceive through my mind. And I start thinking about the sun And how far away it is from the earth, you know, like you think about the earthly distances, like how long would it take to travel to the sun if we had any way to do it and you understand it. So the speed of light, what travels at the speed of light and what light does. And we know what it's like when the sun is in the sky, quote unquote, versus when we have our backs turned to it as the earth rotates away from the sun. So we have day and we have night. But even during nighttime, there's still photons from the sun. And the sun emits more than just photons. There's all kinds of gamma rays, x-rays, all kind of energy. So, like, People who think that it sounds kooky or hokey or wooey to talk about energy. Like we're bathed in energy. We, we are energy. We've got energy 
everywhere, outside of us, inside of us. Every single atom is like its own little mini solar system. As above, so below, as without, so within. And we only perceive through our eyes, they've evolved to perceive a very narrow range of this frequency of energy. So there's so much else that isn't there. And the things that we do perceive, like we perceive matter mainly through our sight, which is the photons, a certain range of photons bouncing off of those things and hitting the eye and then going into the brain and creating all these electronic signals, synapses firing. It's a living system of living cells that are generating sight and sound and smell and taste and touch. All of these sensations, it's energy in our minds. It's, our minds are full of this sensory perception that's being filtered through our senses that have evolved based on millions of years of these single-celled organisms learning how to cooperate and communicate and group together to form organisms and learn from their environment. So these, these individual cells created networks of communication that formed nervous systems and respiratory systems and circulatory systems and like being mindful, being aware that everything is life. Like the, the living ecosystem inside of the body. It is the body. And it's made me wonder recently, is there more going on outside of my body than there is going on inside of my body? I mean, common sense would say, of course. I mean, look at how huge the universe is compared to how small I am in comparison, and then one of my cells or any of the atoms within them or the quarks, or how far does it go down and what is it all made of? All these repeating patterns of energy that's folded in on itself, doing all these different things at different levels of and different dimensions of existence that man, quantum mechanics the building blocks of everything this idea that this everything is this quantum energy that's expressing itself through atoms and molecules and cells and blah blah it's just mind-blowing.
to think that everything that I experience is my mind. Through filters. And that these filters, I was thinking about the this quantum energy almost being like layers upon layers, kind of like the sediments of rock in a desert, different layers, you know, like rings in a tree. You can tell how old the tree is by how many rings there are. And if it was really rainy that year, the rings are thicker. And if it was a drought, the rings are thinner. So you can see how the environment and the, the biology of living organisms in that environment, they're all connected, they're all interconnected. They're all, they all are all influencing each other in some way or another. So like sediments of some desert, some Gobi desert will have minerals that all have like very trace amounts of in my body just because it's all part of this planet. And so there's some influence that that thing those minerals have over me. And I might have different levels of trace amounts in my body than you have in yours and take different vitamins and have different microbiome and have a completely different set of universes or multiverses within my body that have, that is made up of living cells that are communicating and cooperating and those are made up of other smaller systems of interacting, living conscious behavior. Each one of these things has a form of consciousness. Like the things that cells are able to do, opening up and closing a membrane, reacting and responding to the environment around it. And oftentimes the environment around the cell is formed by our own endocrine system. Like if, if we get stressed out, there's all these, this cortisol that shoots through our body and interacts with our cells and our cells react and respond to it. That becomes the environment that our cells are living in. Like whether we live in a, a desert, a drought, a tropical environment, snowy, you know, with our moods and our thoughts, we create an ecosystem, an inner environment for our cells that make up our body. And I, this isn't woo. Like, I know, I know that in the past I would have listened to something like this and thought that it's woo. And that might have... I don't know, I guess that attracted me to it more than anything else. But I, I wanted to understand from a scientific perspective. And I, I can't for the life of me see how what I'm saying is not based upon our understanding of the way that matter is made from energy. And I know I, I talk with people sometimes and they're like, you know, there's more to life than just the brain. <laughs> yeah, of course there's more to life than just the brain. It's like there's, there's but that's, that's what we filter our information through and it's made out of energy. It, it's made out of the universe. It's, it's, being influenced by the planet Jupiter and Neptune <laughs> and galaxies that are on the other side of the universe. Just like 
there's trace amounts of the, that mineral from the Gobi Desert in my body, this energetic web. That there's no, there really is no empty space, and there really is no time. Like we, our our, our brains experience existence through this filtered way that makes it appear like we're going from moment to moment. But what quantum mechanics tells us is that all time exists all the time. And the, the, the experience of moving forward moment by moment is in a sense an illusion. And that's what the Hindus said with the concept of Maya. The Maya was the way that the universe manifested itself into existence. And we experience it through our physical senses. We experience this little small sliver, this umwelt of existence, and we think that's it, that's reality. We don't even know what we don't even know. We can't see what we can't see. And there's no indication that there is an end to any direction you go, <laughs> whether it's you go up or whether you go down, whether you try to go outside of a universe or go to the very depth of a neutron or an atom. It just keeps going. And you'll hear people talk about it's mostly all empty space. What does that matter? It's... It's influence. It's interconnected influence at every touch point of positive and negative poles, like magnets pushing against each other. All the way down. As above, so below. As without, so within. So those were the thoughts that I was thinking tonight. And thinking about this idea of energy that manifests. So this idea of past lives is like I had this picture of it that I've never imagined it could possibly be a thing like this before where it's it's like the sediments of sand on a beach just the different layers of energy that were the atoms that formed the molecules that formed the cells organs, the bodies, the minds, the circulatory systems, the respiratory systems of humans, of monkeys, of mushrooms, of, <laughs> you know, flowers, of plastic, of air molecules, of water molecules, of dark matter, you know, all of this quantum energy that's doing all of these different things at different time, and time is like 
just a layer of sediment upon itself. And the materials of our body, the atoms, they used to be in other things. And there's these... So I was picturing it as, like, if you try to look at it maybe from, like, a matrix perspective, the energy that everything is made out of being the matrix. Like, there's no way that our minds could perceive it in any other way than a, than a linear way. But maybe the most... I don't know, interesting at this point for me way of looking at it is this filter of reality that's made out of different sediment layers of energy that have some kind of holographic memory of everything that it's ever been everything that it's ever done because that the energy, that quantum energy, just it shares information with each other. Like we do, like we're starting to do, being connected by the internet. Like, can you imagine a day when there's nanotechnology that we probably go down a path where like, wouldn't you like to know, be able to, to look at your iPhone and have it tell you exactly what's going on in your body right now? Like, wh where are your endocrine levels at? Where are your, what's your blood pressure? You know, where do you have a tumor forming? <laughs> you know, what, what, what's going on? And you don't think that there's, like, biotech companies and pharmaceutical companies and medical device companies that are working on technology that will image the inside of the body using nanotechnology and not only image but kind of interface that, that at some point in the future will have a technology that is able to interpret the natural intelligence that exists within the central nervous system and is able to take an immediate snapshot of everything that's going on in your body and display that on a phone or whatever technology we have at that point. Maybe it's like on Black Mirror, <laughs> those uh, contact lenses or maybe it's something that's just synthetically infused a microchip in the brain or maybe it just becomes the brain maybe it's nanotechnology that interacts with every neuron and every synapse that's being formed and it is able to interpret that language of thought just like our brains do that we're unconscious of and this brings it into consciousness so we're raising our consciousness as a species not through the evils of technology <laughs> but te technology is this thing that we're birthing that's enhancing our consciousness and we're going through these growing pains like crazy right now 
But what direction are we going? Where is it taking us? Assuming that we survive, and why wouldn't we assume that? Why wouldn't we look at the way that nature blooms all around us and think maybe we're blooming? Maybe we're, we're doing some kind of harvest. I know it's silly to think of human beings as being like outgrowths of the planet Earth that would go through a flowering process through the evolution of consciousness over long periods of time. But why not? Why isn't that possible? And you see what, what our technology has done to our consciousness just in these last several decades. It's changing us. And, and we're going to change with it. You know, it's not anything to be afraid of. It's, it's, the way I've been thinking about it lately is that it, it already exists at that level of that, that web of quantum energy that is the fabric of all existence. But the filters of our mind only allow us to be aware of the things that we just need for this type of survival, this type of existence. So we don't perceive all the other stuff. And there's a lot <laughs> of other stuff. And it's all interconnected. And all influencing each other. And we've got these sediment layers of past experience, past life experience, not in some kind of like, oh, I was Cleopatra kind of thing, but Cleopatra was part of the fabric of the cosmos that you and I are all part of, and we all have access to that experience. But it's not, <laughs> not through any of our physical senses, because that's not what we've evolved to do. You have to imagine it. And there's all kinds of problems in imagining it because you can't imagine something that you don't have any experience with. You can only get as close as you possibly can, which probably just doesn't come close at all. And we're all operating from different data sets of, of life experience. And so we interpret things and create images and pictures and thoughts differently about what we're experiencing. So even, even one person's absolute true expression of reality, it's, it's not going to match another person's expression of it. Anyway, it's interesting to me to think about these different sediment layers the word samskara has an impact like at a genetic level informing this filter of mind through which we experience everything but filtered in this place and time wherever the focus 
is for each one of us. And so I had this experience the first time I did an ayahuasca ceremony. And it was the second night. And there's a whole big story around this I'm not going to go into. But that second night was a really powerful night where I saw these visions, these closed-eyed visions, and it was all in my mind, mindfulness. It was all just, I was imagining it under the influence of DMT in ayahuasca. I had this altered state of consciousness and this experience where I was talking to myself and I was telling myself all these really interesting things. I was, I was spinning and weaving all of these imaginative fictions that revealed how I think and feel about things, that, like what kinds of things excite me. And I was interested in this idea of reincarnation and past lives, and I was picturing all of these faces flying at me, kind of like cartoon faces. And this skeptical part of me was like rolling its eyes like, oh, what are you doing, imagination? What are you throwing at me here? What, why are you showing me all these faces? Are you trying to tell me that I'm all these past lives? You know, like the, I, I had that part of me that was really skeptical about it. And, and, and like, why are you showing me all this? And it was this really... I mean, how can you surprise yourself? It's this, interest, it's this really interesting experience of surprising yourself. Response that said, yeah, these, these are all different faces that you've worn in other lives. And the reason that you're seeing this is because you're really hard on your parents, your teachers, church leaders, any kind of authority figures in your life for messing you up or you know doing doing this or that or harming you but what you don't realize is that what you carry with you isn't just the experience of everything in this life it's in previous lives and what i'm talking about here tonight is this sediment of energy it's the process of evolution the memory of evolution of every cell that would just be way too overwhelming in the conscious mind. We haven't evolved to be able to take in that kind of information or even know what to do with it. I mean, let alone be consciously aware of every cell in our body and its conscious, their conscious experiences, their sensitivities and awareness that allow them to do what they do in response to the environment around them. They, do, they act some ways, other ways, you know creating this protein, secreting that hormone in response to its environment. There's an intelligence that does all that that is outside of our conscious awareness. And it evolved to that state. And, the, and it, was, it was energy that was doing that at different levels. And there is a recorded... Memory is a, a tricky word because it's not like a conscious memory. It's just the fabric of space-time in that space, in that place and time. All time exists all the time. All energy exists 
in all stages, in all phases, in all forms, at all times. That's just the fabric of the reality that we're living in, but we don't experience it that way. What we experience is what we experience through our mind. Our mind is full of these thoughts, these memories, these experiences. So I had this, this ayahuasca experience, seeing the different faces and being told, you can, you can lighten up. You can lighten up. You, you can let go of the judgment, the criticism the blame and you can let go of the shame of you know some of the things that you feel a lot of what you feel is a result of existence being filtered through the sediment of past experience of the energy that you're made from Is, is shame or any of these emotions, joy, love, happiness, is it anything other than a feeling that is being created by your body? It's, it's a way that your body is, is creating something out of the fabric of reality that is experienced through your mind, through neural pathways, through living cells communicating with each other. Are you doing that? Are you creating that? Or are you just experiencing what's being created? You've got some influence over it. You've got some influence over it. You can make choices. But the majesty of existence, it's that free will determinism question and discussion. It's really interesting. So, that's me having an active mind. Take that. Put down the weapons that you use against yourself. You don't need them anymore. Hey there, thanks for listening all the way to the end. Now, I really hope that you enjoyed today's episode. I have more to say about this topic. And I'm going to do that with a follow-up behind-the-scenes sharing time episode on Patreon. So, if you're in a position where you can throw me a few dollars each month to support the work that I put into creating this podcast, please come and support me on Patreon, where you'll also get access to additional content. Did you know that I also create sharing time episodes that are available only to Patreon subscribers? I've been doing that for a few years, so there's a lot of content there that you can have access to. So please come and support this podcast if you can. I greatly appreciate it. Hi, this is Hillary. Matthew, Ryan, Carol, Keith, Ashley, and I like to play bingo online while listening to Infants on Thrones. You can comment on this episode on the website, infantsonthrones.com. And if you really like what you hear, give the quorum a five-star rating and write a short review on iTunes. I did. I did. I did. Anyone for the closing prayer? My worst crime is an inside job Dark thoughts taking over like an inside mob I tune into the scene between the eyes And take
Take a breath. Thank you for listening to Infants on Front. I sit still and watch the thoughts float past me. Never mind the future, never mind what the past be. I like to jump and let the universe catch me. Three, four, watch the beauty blow past me. I keep my pockets light, destination in sight. Keep my actions elevated to compassionate heights. I'm walking past the fight, laying down on such a night. Choosing love when I pick up this night. Okay, on three, we'll do five. Okay. <laughs> okay, ready? Five. 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 Four. Four. Three. Three. Two. two one. one. <laughs> that sucks. This is Infants on Thrones. The philosophies of men mingled with humor. We are the core. That's right, folks. It's another Mormon-themed podcast. Ah, really? Mormon-themed? We're going to go Sorry. that route already? That's right, kids. Welcome back, everyone, to Mormon Truth. And, truth. and I go by the Mormon Stories Podcast. Okay, welcome back to another edition of Mormon Expression. On this episode of the BCC Zotcast. Get in line and grab your dish. It's time for another helping of the Mormon Potluck Podcast. Another Mormon podcast? I mean, how many of them are there now? The question is, how many good ones are there? <laughs> well, now there's one. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about it. Why, why a new podcast? Well, who's that speaking? Who is that? This is, this is Jesse. Sorry, Tom. Jesse. This is, this is Jesse. Hey. Yeah, Jesse, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh, okay. I'll go first. Um, let's see. I, I'm, an, I'm an attorney. Um, if you've listened to Mormon podcasts before, you may have heard my voice. On such, This is my, my Troy McClure from The Simpsons. Hi, I'm Troy McClure. You may remember me from such educational films as 2 minus 3 equals negative fun. You may remember me from such podcasts as Mormon Expression, Mormon Stories, and Mormon Bulletin. So I think, like all of us here, I've kind of been floating around and been involved in a bunch of different projects, and I'm excited about this one. I think we're going to be able to have a lot of fun and be able to insert some more of our creativity and kind of have some fresh content here that we'll be able to do things a little bit different from how we've been doing them before. That sounds good. I don't know how fresh it's going to be. I think for, for people who have listened to us before, they're going to think it's the same old Hold stuff. Hold on that just a second. That, that voice sounds familiar. Who is that? Oh, hi. I'm Glenn. Hey, Glenn. Um, I've, I've also been on podcasts such as Mormon Expression and Mormon Stories. Yeah, I did a, I did a divorce podcast on Mormon Stories once, but I, I, I haven't done anything else. Oh, and uh, Unofficial Big Love. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Unofficial Big Love. Yeah, where we reviewed season five of the uh, HBO series Big Love. Bob and I did that. So. so for those of you just joining us, my name's Bob Caswell, and uh, I've been on such podcasts as all the other ones everyone's already mentioned, so nothing really new there. Uh, so I'm hoping that Unlike other Mormon-themed podcasts that will actually get to talk about things other than just Mormonism, I'm looking forward to talking about just regular life stuff from the perspective of a bunch of guys who used to think about it through the Mormon lens, but then had to figure it out all on their own, which was scary at first, and then, you know, just like the rest of the world, we got used to it, I suppose. But, uh, yeah, so I'm interested in talking about economics, politics. I'm not here in a religious context. I'm here as a candidate for president. Hey, Glenn. Yeah. You, you know who I miss? Who's that? Whose voice I missed on Mormon Expressions? Who? <laughs> you, you, you say Mormon Expressions. You got to stop that. You're right. You know, you know what voice I miss on other Mormon-themed podcasts? No, I mean it's Mormon Expression, singular. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, Mormon, on Mormon Expression? That Tom guy. 
Yeah. Hey, Matt, Glenn, Bob, <laughs> hey, Tom. Tom, Randy, hey, who we haven't heard yet. <laughs> yeah, uh, m- my name's Tom Perry, uh, not the LDS Apostle. You know the I... first time I've ever made that connection, Tom? <laughs> Me too. Really? I'm like, Shut what? Up. Uh, really? Okay. No, that's absolutely true. I have grown, I mean, that's my entire life. It's like, so, you relate? No, no, I'm not related. Um, I've, I've been associated with such podcasts as Mormon Expressions. And <laughs> and and Mormon Bulletin. I also have my own little podcast called My Diversion. Uh, obviously, we have technical difficulties right now, but we will be back on the internet. So uh, yeah, that's that's me. Man, if only we had an atheist represented. Well, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Hello. Randy? Is that an atheist? Is that Randy the atheist? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. My mute button's all f-ed up. Oh. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> I guess with Three this... Three words in. Three words in. Yeah, well, I guess this podcast needed a rabid atheist rep, and so they called on me to join the quorum. That's not why. <laughs> you, you, you didn't say your name, bro. Randy Snyder. Actually, Bob, you, you missed one of your uh, IMDb credits. You're also once a panelist on Lunchtime Movie Reviews, which is run by Matt. Ah, that's true. So my credits involve a tedious six-and-a-half-hour atheist podcast on Mormon stories. <laughs> uh, I've also been a panelist on Mormon Expression. And uh, I also interviewed my dad on Mormon Expression Voices. I highly recommend that. It's That one uh, was awesome. One of the best uh, ones they've done. It's a true, a true believer, like a true, true believer, not like a Brant Malone <laughs> yes, believer. But, a, you know, a guy who actually believes, uh, you know, pretty much in all the tenets of, the, of, of what's LDS Incorporated today. And I'd just like to say one of the reasons I'm excited about being on the podcast is because I know each of you, some better than others, but everybody on this podcast, I'm, I've been impressed by, um, except for Randy, who called me an idiot the first time he met me within about 15 seconds. I, just <laughs> called, you, I called you an idiot? Yeah, that was like the first thing you ever said to me. You're like, you're an idiot. Oh, hi, I'm Randy. That's just his way of saying hello. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I am an abrasive atheist, and we all are very abrasive people. That's true. Um, But I I, honestly, off the air, we're going to have to talk about this because I don't remember (laughs) this at all. Okay, so the the title, Infants on Thrones. Wait, wait, Um, has Matt introduced himself? No, he hasn't. Oh, go ahead. Although I I do consider myself the redheaded stepchild of this group, so that's kind of part course but because yeah, i feel like even like, have any hair are, you guys are that's that's true you guys are so much more talented than me so i'm just oh, i'm just happy it. to be part of the group um i've been on a couple mormon themed podcasts as well i've been on well no i've been on mormon expression and i co-created and host a, an 80s movies podcast lunchtime movie review uh which still goes on and still puts out content uh weekly and i'm just happy to be part of this group Literally because of the five other guys involved. So, so, so why this infant? Who, who came up with infants on thrones? What, what the hell does that even mean? And I'm and I'm asking earnestly because I like the name, but I have no idea what what it references. Well, let's ask let's ask the idiot. I didn't. Oh, that's me. Oh, that's my view. Thanks, thanks, I didn't Randy. follow any of the email traffic. Oh, good. Yeah, so Infants on Thrones, um, it comes from the King Follett Discourse, which was a famous sermon that Joseph Smith gave 
not too long before his final incarceration and his death. But it comes from a teaching that he had where he, he said basically that eternity was full of thrones upon which all thousands of children reigning on thrones of glory with not one cubit added to their stature. So just the idea of resurrected babies ruling on thrones forever and ever and ever. This was one, just humorous to me and everybody else, I think. But it also has kind of a few other meetings. Um, Bob, did you want to kind of talk about some of the other uh, more subtle meanings that we've appreciated behind that? Yeah, sure. So uh, I think podcasting in general is, is kind of this new, dare I say, art form of people just BSing and at least that's how I view it. I, I, I mean, there's some there's some really high quality BS that you know falls into you know categories that that seem more credible. But I, I think it's nice to not start this on a super serious note, as if we're going to seriously yeah. have all the answers to life because we've left Mormonism behind. Because the reality is, is we really don't know that much more than we did before. Yeah. So I think that's a good segue into how this podcast, how we're trying to aim it to be different from maybe from some of the other popular Mormon podcasts. I think in some ways we will be, in other ways it'll be very familiar to some people. And, you know, each one of us is going to produce content here. And so, right, yeah. like, the things that I do may be different than the things that, that Bob does or, or Matt or Randy or Tom or I Jesse. Hope so. Why is that, Tom? I hope that my stuff's going to be different than yours. You don't want it to be the same? No, because I, I, I don't want, you know, we're going to lose listeners when they listen to your stuff, and then I have to gain <laughs> them back when they listen to my stuff. <laughs> yeah. You know, Glenn, you said something. I do think it will be different, and I think their goal, at least my goal, is to be uh, to fill an entertainment niche with a, with a Mormon flavor, as it, it right. were. Doesn't that, but, doesn't that happen? Aren't, aren't, yeah, isn't it entertaining? You know, Every once in a while, like I got to tell you, we, I was on, I was involved with one podcast with you and Randy and, and Heather, I think, and I think it was the masturbation podcast. On, it, was, it, was, uh, it was the father-in-law pornography one, right? That was it. But that was one of the most fun nights I've ever had. And I listened <laughs> back and just laughed my ass off. And I li- would like to see, think that we will do more like that. So let's talk about the format then. We're, we're planning on having some episodes where we have the six of us on and there's a panel discussion and we can just riff on it. But we're yeah. also going to each try to be producers in our own right to come up with our own individual content that we may or may not involve other people in the group on so that you know we might branch out in different areas like you know some people have little pet projects that they want to get involved with i'm really interested in science and there's some things there that i want to explore that are you know related to mormonism or tangential to mormonism but hopefully over the course of the program hopefully we're each going to have some projects like that that we can branch out on and that's one of the reasons why I gravitated to this project is because I personally like a variety of perspectives, a variety of takes, differing opinions. And there's, there's a potential for one episode to be very, 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 very different from uh, the following episode or the previous episode uh, due to content, due to tone or, or whatever. And I think that's something that, that's kind of exciting as well. I think one thing that we're also driving towards is, uh, I mean, we're, we're uh, calling ourselves the Quorum uh, one of the things that uh, seems to be inevitable uh, when a Mormon podcast becomes popular is the cult of personality. That's one thing that this podcast is aimed at is just a group of friends who all of us are returned missionaries married in the temple. We've all left the, at least if we're not atheists, we've left the dogmatic beliefs of Mormonism behind. 
And, uh, and, and now we've got this whole new world opened up to us. And so this isn't just going to be a Mormon theme podcast. We're going to talk about other things outside of Mormonism. And there is going to be no preeminent personality that will evolve into the leader. You know, one way to look at this, and we haven't really discussed this, and it's kind of a, 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 a stupid point, but when you, when you have to list your podcast on iTunes, you have to pick a category. And I think we've all indirectly agreed that we're not picking the category religion. Really? Uh, we've agreed on that? We? Well, uh, isn't it, the quorum, quorum, quorum is supposed to vote. Are we supposed to vote in order of seniority? Who's who's the senior apostle here? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well. Okay. So we got to figure that out. Where do you think we would post this? Philosophy or really? uh, entertainment? I don't know. We, sure. We're going to be doing movie Maybe reviews. Maybe entertainment. Yeah. I mean, I I I agree. I I definitely want to branch out. Um, but I don't think we can ever really branch out from Mormonism as being something that influences the way that we see the world. Yeah, there's going to be podcasts that are going to probably have a lot of Mormonism flavor. And then there's going to be some podcasts that probably won't. That'll be more science-based or more philosophy-based or, in Glenn's case, a lot of egocentric-based. I mean, I don't know. You could all... <laughs> Why do you do that to me, Tom? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, we could we could also have cultural and political things. Yeah, uh, well, no, so. maybe not political, Yeesh. but yeah, okay. <laughs> well, a Mormon is running for president, <laughs> lest oh, we yeah. forget. Yeah. Well, it's just it's another example of how you can leave it. But you can leave Mormonism, but you can't leave it alone. What are some of the topics that you guys are looking forward to exploring here? Well, there are a bunch of Mormon movies that really define Mormon cinema early on. This laugh-out-loud comedy about making the right choices. The Singles Ward. There are a ton of other examples, and there's other videos that we all grew up with kind of being indoctrinated in the church. What's the politically correct way of saying that, by the way? <laughs> being raised. Uh, being raised in the church. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so while we were all raised in the church, we, we grew up with this media overload of sort of seeing things through the, uh, the, the eyes of movies and music kind of fed to us through the church. I mean, we explored and were participating in lots of other heathenistic sort of stuff like PG-13 movies, you know, and <laughs> when Bob, we were growing up. <laughs> Bob, I would call it a broad media underload, not overload. Yes, uh -huh. there you have it. So I, I'm, I'm excited to look back on a lot of that stuff and just look at it from the outside in rather than, you know, how, con how I consumed it from the inside out, so to speak. I'd have to say that from my perspective, one of the things I want to add, when I found myself in the great broad world outside of that tiny little box of Mormonism, I gravitated towards skepticism, science. And, uh, and so I'd like to take uh, part in leading things on those topics. For example, the, the Mormon God versus the Christian God, vaccination. Hysteria. Actually, one thing that fascinates me is why Mormons are so predisposed for pseudoscientific bullshit. Which is the kind of stuff I want to talk about. Right. Yeah, yeah, so I'll, yeah, exactly. Uh, well, like, you know, I mean, I mean chiroprac chiropractors, though, you're, you're, you're down with chiropractors, right? We'll talk about that later. <laughs> wait, wait, uh, does Glenn want to talk about this because he's still into it or because he's... I think Glenn, Glenn likes to play devil's advocate and mock it from a distance. Oh, stop. It's, but, not, uh, it's not about that, mockery. That's, that's me pigeonholing Glenn. <laughs> but uh, another world that's opened up to me, and I don't know if, if, if you guys would be amenable to it, but um, the world of, of, 
So yeah. Well, we, we we should we should have a podcast on alcohol for sure. But absolutely, uh, that should be a running thing. This absolutely. Does everybody uh, yeah, have more, to be drunk on that episode? And, and, well, and, and the phenomenon of ex-Mormon swingers. But the other thing I, I want to talk about was uh, great literature. Like, not this banal, platitude-based <laughs> that you get at Deseret Book. But I'm talking about great literature, uh, like the Brothers Karamazov, who was written by a true-believing Christian. Uh, but, true, you know, unlike C.S. Lewis, he truly understood the uh, strength of... Um, the atheist position, uh, you know, other other great writers like Amos Oates. And if you guys are amenable to reading these books, uh, I'd love to review them and and maybe and see it from a Mormon's perspective on why this, you know, reaches more towards the the human experience than Mormonism tends to gravitate towards like Nephi. Nephi is a great literary character. Just as long as it doesn't turn into like those BYU classes where we're studying Shakespeare and then the discussion went to comparisons of the book of mormon and Nephi, but i like well, the idea I, I, I have no problem with comparisons because it'll be the juxtaposition will be stark <laughs> i like that you use the word juxtaposition uh, well i'm gonna do get that, you get one of those once an episode you get one <laughs> f- two f- and one, one big word <laughs> i just wanted i just I, I wouldn't mind asking randy maybe maybe not in an interview but in a panel discussion so since you've given up on god altogether What's it like living life without any sort of moral compass? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, he, I was, he, this... was, he was okay with the hookers. It was the murdering that he didn't like. <laughs> Here's Johnny. <laughs> so how many times are we going to say on this that are left in where it's like, oh, you can edit that out, but then it's just left in that, you know, we didn't edit it out. We just talked about maybe editing it out. What we should know. edit out is when the person says you can edit that out. It's like, man, nah, it's in. <laughs> I, I should say too that uh, as far as the middleway Mormons, because there's been a lot uh, of online persecution as of late on the, the middleway Mormons, which I don't know. To some degree, I take some offense to because I still attend, um, and maybe some of my reasons for attending can be there here nor there, and some people can interpret it how they will. But I don't know. I I. I want to say that uh, anybody that is in the middle way Mormon camp, you've got my respect, and I, I don't care how you live your life. Like, like if Randy wants to put the middle finger to God, or if, if somebody wants to could, cherry could pick, you, could you not like characterize me as like this rabid, angry atheist? <laughs> I, well, you know, I am a rabid race of atheists, and we all are very abrasive people. You're right. You're right. You're uh, right. I don't. It, I don't. I don't be. put my middle finger to to the Easter Bunny. You know. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Fair enough. I, I will should retract we, that. Edit edit that part out. We go- <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely, do not edit that out. <laughs> so let's wrap it up, guys. The only thing I want to add is just maybe an open invitation to anybody who has topics that they want to explore. I, I really like it when we have interaction with with people who listen and you know they have an idea for something that they're passionate about let us know and we'll record something and, and put it out yeah and i guess if people are listening to this episode then they already probably already know it but the <laughs> the website is uh, infantsonthrones.com that's right great name all right any volunteers for the closing prayer